Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jordan Boyce of Awakening, and I want to welcome you to the very first Awakening podcast. We're really excited to be able to offer all of our content from all of the years of our conferences and one nights, special events, guest speakers, artists, and a lot of our original content all in one place on this podcast. So we really hope that you enjoy it, subscribe, share it with other people, rate, review it, do all that stuff, and uh, make sure you check back every week for brand new content. Today, we have an interview with Levi Lusco from Fresh Life Church. Pastor Marco DeBarros got to sit down with him during Awakening Conference and ask him his perspective on church and how to lead and grow as a leader. So that's got some great content. And the sermon today is from Rich Wilkerson Jr. from Awakening 2015. It's entitled, He Sees You. It is honestly one of the clearest presentations of the gospel I've ever heard. So get on the bus, buckle in, get ready, get comfy, grab your Duncan, because we're about to go on a wild ride, people. See you on the other side. Pastor Levi Lusco with us. So glad to have you back. Thank man. you for having me. And since uh, last year you wrote a great book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, which I have here, you need to pick up a copy of this. Can you tell us your heart behind this book? Um, the book's all about the lenses that we see through. And uh, specifically, how do we look at trial we face? Uh, I know you know this, but we all are going to go through difficulties. Loved ones um, are going to get sick. People we, we care about are going to die. This is inevitable. This is the world we live in. Jesus said you're going to have trouble in this world. The question isn't, are you going to have difficulty? But what is that difficulty going to do to you? Is it going to destroy you or deepen you? And how do you look at it? And so the book's all about how to look at life through the eyes of a lion so you can see impossible pain but find inside of it incredible power. Oh, that's really good. And uh, in I, I'm sure uh, now that the book has been out for a little bit, you've you've got to uh, get some stories, feedback from from it. What was one of your favorite feedbacks that you've heard from the book so far? Um, probably one of my favorites, and it's overwhelming every single time. Um, well, just last week, I, um, a woman came up to me who told me that her husband's a police officer, and uh, he was cleaning his gun, his service weapon, and their small child, three years old picked it up and accidentally discharged it and ended his life with it. And she said that the book helped them be able to go through that and, and find God's power in it. And that's the most humbling thing in the world, to think that something that I was right. I remember, I remember one of the chapters she mentioned, I remember where I was writing that chapter. And to think that God would use that by words and flow through our pain to help someone going through something so horrific, it, it just means the world. That's amazing. That's powerful. You know, I, I know the outside of being a writer, you're also a pastor and, and you're an evangelist. Um, and since we're, we're, we're talking mainly to leaders, in what way are you, are you growing personally as a leader right now? Oh, man, in every way, hopefully conceivable. I, I feel so ill-equipped as a leader so often, which I think is part of the process. Yeah. You know, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so um, you have to just go with it with what you got at the level you have. It's a lot of on-the-job training for the Lord. You know, if he um, waited to use you till you had everything you needed, I, I think we wouldn't need him. Right. So he calls us often with a deficit, and, and our awareness of our deficit always keeps us dependent on him. And so, like, I, I am um, trying to be built up in many ways. I would say probably specifically um, the biggest area is in the strategy uh, to execution phase. Like coming up with big ideas is great, yeah. but then executing them in the right way, uh, that's where I'm, I'm trying to grow right now. Yeah. And what would you, what would, in your opinion, what would you say is the most 
underrated leadership principle that a lot of times we miss? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, think, I think tenacity is something. I think a lot of times people don't get the breakthrough they want because they, they stop short or they sell themselves short. Um, you know, barely enough is not good enough. You know, an excellent spirit, like that extra bit that's going to take it to that next level, fully developing an idea, actually going through it. And, um, and, and, and in the military, they call it like um, uh, red teaming an idea where you, where you look for, um, you actually enlist someone on your team to, to be a, an opponent of the idea and try and poke holes in it yeah. to make it better. But I think sometimes insecurity would keep us from that and laziness and just that tenacity that would say, I want to develop this um, and, and give my best. You know, uh, I don't think God would have us to, um, to just come to a, a, a level of, of excellence from yesterday or winging it or just kind of right. half-baked, but to, you know, go all the way. Right. Um, so you, you, you have your, 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 your church, but also you do all these different events, uh, Skull Church, and, and I think the other one's called O2, right? Um, yeah. Experience. Uh, what would you say is something that's been, uh, in a practical sense, what's an effective thing that you guys are doing right now in ministry that you're really enjoying? Um, well, we're, we're opening a couple new campuses this summer, and um, we have been really um, building up launch teams for the, the campuses. And that for us was something that was new. You know, when we first started our church, um, we just literally like started a Bible study. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. That, that approach worked as, as it got us to where we're at. And we're still, as we open up the campus, it's going to have Bible studies. But we didn't, you know, have gatherings to develop and train leaders and enlist them pre-launch. And so that's something where we're, you know, learning new things from ARC and other, you know, church planning uh, ideas and strategies. And so uh, that's been real effective and we're really excited about that. We're about to launch a campus in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, so uh, just really, I would say in leadership, one of the big things is to not be afraid to jettison things you were doing at one point, but maybe aren't effective anymore. And actually analyzing those things and being willing to change your strategy on the fly. Yeah. Um, What would you say to your young self? starting because a lot we have a lot of young leaders starting up in ministry if you could go back and talk to young levi right starting up in ministry what would you say i would say in all the best ways have more ambition and in all the best ways don't be so ambitious and i know that's kind of a a tension but there's a a literally like a a translation of uh of of paul's letter to the the church at thessalonica that says make it your ambition to not be so ambitious Okay, and what an interesting thing. And what I mean by in the best ways, be ambitious is we should be ambitious to see God move. We should, be, we should put ourselves out there, earnest, earnestly desire the best gifts, you know, all of that. I, I wish um, that, that there would be more people just, just, just busting at the dreams to see God move, but not so ambitious in, in the negative sense of the word in that uh, personal ambition to be um, in the spotlight, personal ambition to have a great following. I think a lot of times we can have great dreams, but then we want it all right now when maybe we're not ready for it. And um, I'm so thankful looking back on my life for seasons of development, seasons where I had uh, gifts and dreams bigger than my own personal, you know, walk with the Lord could have sustained at that point. And so we have to have roots to go deep down before our branches can spread out wide. And uh, I just think as we follow the Lord, he gives us the dreams of our heart in due season. But like David, we shouldn't rise up and slay Saul 
to, to make the dream come about in our timetable. Yeah. Because if David would have, t- I believe if David would have killed Saul in the caves, that David would have become Saul 2.0. But by being beat into place as a worshiper, he was able to become, in God's perfect timing, everything that Saul wasn't because he had the character developed. Oh, man, that's so good. We are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for how God's using you uh, to further his kingdom. And we're so grateful to have you back here at Awakening and looking forward to hearing you later on. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And through the eyes of a lion, you've got to get this book. It's really powerful. And... uh, Once again, thank you so much. All right, God bless you guys. I got a message, and I want to jump into it tonight. John chapter 20, John chapter 20. I don't know about you, but I came tonight to encounter God. And I came tonight with a word on my heart, and it's a fresh word. And I'm believing tonight God's going to speak to you in a mighty way. I come from Miami, Florida. I'm part of an inner city urban church. We just announced six months ago that my wife and I, we are stepping out to uh, plant a church in the downtown Miami area. It's beginning. It's exciting, man. And uh, God's already working in our city. And uh, tonight, I'm really believing. I don't know who you are and how you got here or what you walked in here with tonight. But I believe there is a God who is alive. There is a God who is active. And he wants to be invited into your life fully. And uh, tonight, I I really believe that you're going to leave this place better than the way that you walked in through God's word. Amen? Amen. So tonight, feel free to holler back. You can say, that's good. Uh, You can say, amen. You can say, I like that. You can say what people at my church say. They just say, preach it, white boy. Um, So just feel free. On the count of three, just try one of those. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. freaking racist conference John 20 are you there it's gonna be good tonight John 20 verse 13 they asked her woman why are you crying they've taken my Lord away she said and I don't know where they've put him at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. Someone say the news. With the news, I have seen the Lord. (laughs) I have seen the Lord. Maybe just one more verse tonight. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 16. Most of us in this place, we know this scripture. But let me just read it to you tonight. I think this is a helpful, beautiful picture. John three sixteen simply says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever, someone say whoever. whoever. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want to take a few moments tonight, and um, I want to preach this message 
simply titled this, He Sees You. He Sees You. And let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Lord, we thank you so much that tonight you have, you've gathered us here in this place. And Lord, tonight your word tells us, Lord, that God, where we are, Jesus, you are. And Lord, tonight we believe, God, that we're not just sensing a cool atmosphere, but rather it's your presence that we're in right now. And Lord, it's your presence that changes us. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you to do the impossible We open up our hearts from the sinner to the saint and everyone in between. Do work in this place tonight. Jesus, we honor you. We magnify you. We praise the one name, the name that sits above every name. That name is Jesus. And if you believe it tonight, come on, all of God's people said? All of God's people said? Come on, if you love Jesus, why don't you give him a big shout of praise all over this house? (laughs) Oh, um, you know, my, my wife is here tonight, and that's, that's always fun for me, and I love traveling with my wife. I, I told you, uh, we, we actually met when we, we were 17 uh, years of age. I was, I was in a church service, kind of like this one. I remember I saw her. She was like up in the balcony area, and when I saw her, I, I literally thought she was like an angel. She like, I think she had the Beyonce fans at her feet, and her hair was blowing, and I felt like every step that she took, the ground just shook, you know. I just said, I choose you, you know. And <clears throat> took her a while to choose me back, but praise God she did. <laughs> Greatest decision of her life. Hey. And Dasha and I, we, we, we've now been together since we're 17. I just, I turned 31 uh, this year. And we'll be married for nine years in August. And I don't know how to say this. I mean, I, mean, I, I love, I love, I love my wife, but... But, but here, here's what I've discovered, and just, just bear with me for a moment. I, I have discovered that girls, um, <clears throat> girls, uh, you, you are, um, uh, you, 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 you are complicated. I just, no, no, no. I, I love you. But, but complicated. In fact, some guys, they want to shout, but the married guys, they know they can't shout right now. I, I love girls, I, but, but, but you're, you're complicated. And um, I've, I've learned principles. It feels like every year I, I, learn, I learn a little bit more, but as I learn more, I realize I didn't know that much to begin with. But um, one of the principles that I've learned with girls, and, and, and ladies, here's a good moment for you to agree with me, um, is that it's not just what you say to a girl that matters, but rather it's, it's how you say it. Some of you girls have never turned up that much in church before, ever. Pray, preach to me. Shut up, shut up. It, it, no, it's, it's, for, it's not just, it's not what you, it's, it's how you say it. For instance, for instance, for instance, my wife, she, she's funny, you know, she, she likes to take me on the journey with her. And one of her favorite things, she loves to take me shopping with her. Now, 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 now right away, this is like, this is weird because my wife, she's like in a department store, she's getting clothes, she's grabbing everything, then she goes into the dressing room, but I'm always like creepy because I have to go and follow her and sit on that weird stool like a predator, you know? <clears throat> Everybody's walking by, I'm like, hey, you know, it's weird. I'm like, I know somebody in there. They're like, no, you're weird, get out of here. I'm like, no. <clears throat> 
And like, and like clockwork, this is what my wife does. This is what she does. I'm sitting there like, you know, creepy. Then my wife, she, she comes out of the dress room with a pair of jeans on and she always does the same thing. She's barefoot, but for some reason, she stands on her tippy toes. And she walks out, she goes, babe, 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 you know, babe, babe, how do, babe, how do these jeans look, you know? <clears throat> now, what I normally would say is, babe, those jeans look good. Because good to a man means good. If good was good enough for God, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and he said it was good. If it was good enough for God, you think it would be good enough for women. But good doesn't mean good to my wife. Good means average. Mediocre. Oh, so you're saying these jeans make me look fat. I'm not getting these jeans. I've learned it's not just what I say, it's how I say it. If I like the jeans, I've learned that my wife, she wants me to lose my ever-loving mind. My wife, she comes out, you know, she comes out of the restroom. Babe, 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 you know, babe, 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 how do these look? She wants me to go crazy. Oh, 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 there's a God somewhere. Woo, girl, spin her. He's shandarabai, shandarabai. Girl, spin, spin. Get 10 pairs, get 20 pairs, get them. If I do that, that means, oh, you like them? <laughs> I love you girls, you're amazing. I think the good news tonight, I literally thought we were about to have like a demon moment right there. I think the good news tonight, if, if I can use this somewhat as, as a premise, is that, is that our God isn't that complicated. Say, so what do you mean? Well, just, just try to bear with me for a moment. J Jesus simply said this. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Meaning... Lots of times people wonder, oh my goodness, you know, what's God's love language? How do, I, how do I show God that I love him? Is it how loud I sing? Is it how much I go to church? Is it how much money I put into the offering container? Is it the duration of my fast? How do I show God that I love him? Jesus makes it really simple. He says, if you love me, you will simply obey me. God's love language has always been one thing. It's called obedience. <clears throat> Here's what I've learned, though. It, it gets weirder, honestly. This section is scaring me tonight. I love this group. This kid. It's, it's honestly. <clears throat> Here's what I've learned. 
I've honestly learned that we start talking about things like obedience, and right away, a lot of us, we, we kind of cringe. Oh, obedience, that, I don't like that word. Here's, here's what I've discovered. Obedience, really, a better way of saying it is just to simply trust God's plan over your plan. God, I'm actually going to trust your plan over my plan. I'm going to obey you. Ultimately, God, I'm going to let you lead me. Hear me tonight. The problem for so many of us is this. Until you understand how much God loves you, you'll never allow God to lead you. Paul says this in Ephesians. He says, I want you to try and grasp how wide, how deep, how high, how long God's love is. Because when you do that, you'll be full of the measure of God's love. Hear me loud and clear tonight. Whatever you are full of is what you'll be led by. So the problem for a lot of us tonight is that we're not full of God's love. Instead, we're full of anger. That's why we're always led by our anger. Some of us were full of bitterness. That's why we're always led by our bitterness. Some of us are full of unforgiveness because something happened in our past, and because of it, unforgiveness leads us. But Paul says this. Paul says maturity in God is not when you begin to proclaim your love for God, but rather when you stand and you bask in God's love for you. I want to get full of God's love. Now I'll be led by God's love. Tonight is kind of a different night for a Friday night session because typically my assignment would be to come up here and to preach a message to pump you up and get your faith really large. But tonight, I really just want to try and do something a little bit different. I want to proclaim tonight God's love to you. Because I believe that if you'll get full of his love, you'll be led by his love. You'll actually love him in the way that he wants to be loved, which is, God, I trust you with my life. I want to give you three simple thoughts tonight about what I believe the process of God's love looks like and the process we take into beginning to let God lead us. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. He, being God, he expressed it. He expressed it. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who is alive and who is active. Whether or not you believe God is moving, guess what? He's doing more than you think. He's doing more than you can imagine. Whether or not you feel him tonight, guess what? He's closer than you think. We serve an expressive God. I love that about our God. He has no problems expressing to you how he feels. I know we live in a day and age where a lot of men in 2015 somehow are ignorant enough to believe that it's not their job to pursue a woman. In fact, some guys in here actually think it's the woman's job to pursue them. But what I love about your God is your God is a real man. He's got no problem pursuing his bride called the church. He's an expressive God. He's expressive. A lot of men today, we don't want to show emotion. No, no, no. We want to stay locked up. We don't want you to know what's going on inside of us. Not your God. Your God is expressive. Your God has feelings. Did you know? I mean, he has feelings. The Bible says God gets angry. The Bible says that God uh, has grief. God has compassion. The Bible says he gets jealous. The Bible says he laughs. <laughs> I love that. God laughs. I think that's good. 
I think we need to laugh more in church. In fact, I, I've started practicing when I get really frustrated, instead of like screaming and getting mad, I just start laughing. <laughs> Car crash. <laughs> Can't pay my bills. <laughs> God is expressive. And what I so love about him is that God doesn't just say that he loves you. He shows you that he loves you. I grew up in a pretty strong Pentecostal home. I'm four generations Pentecostal preacher on both sides. And I grew up in a, in a, in a strong conservative home. And my dad, you know, he had all sorts of funny rules. I often joke about the fact that my first slow dance was to our God as an awesome God. <laughs> you don't know about my pain, you know. And my dad was always into like really fun traditions and like different things. And we used to do this thing on Christmas morning. We would do the thing called the Santa Circle. I remember I was probably about 10 years of age and it was the Santa Circle. And what that is is that there's four boys in my house. I had an older brother and two younger brothers. And we would get around the Christmas tree and dad would put on a Santa costume. And it was called the Santa Circle. And he would pull the present out like, ho, ho, ho. You know, we all knew it was dad. We're like, hey, dad, no, ho, ho, I'm Santa, you know. <clears throat> And then he would, he would give us a gift, and we would open the gift, and once we opened it, everybody would clap, and then the next brother would open the next gift. I was probably like 10 years of age, and I remember I was, I was there this Christmas morning, I was opening up gifts, and when I was opening up the gifts, I, I was kind of having a bad attitude on Christmas Day. I was kind of being selfish, and I was kind of being sarcastic. I was saying thank you, but I was doing it with a sarcastic tone. How many of you know there's nothing more annoying than a 10-year-old who's sarcastic? My, my parents don't play. They're like, Rich, we'll kill you, bury you in the backyard, make another one. Nobody will ever know you existed, you know? <laughs> and so I remember, like, I, like my, my dad's in a Santa, ho, ho, you know? And I, I open this, this present, and I go, oh, thanks, you know, just like that. And my dad quickly turned out of his Santa voice into dad voice. He said, hey, Rich, change your attitude. And my dad has, has like, this crooked finger that he points at you with. <laughs> Rich, change your attitude. Now, in my house, we didn't do like one, you know, Cody two, you know, um, you know, Cody, you know, 98. It was just one. There wasn't one, two, three. <clears throat> and so literally, like, I opened the gift. I'm like, yeah, I saw my dad. The, the circle came back around to me, and I opened the gift again, and I just said, oh, you know, thanks. When I did this, Christmas, Christmas Day, it was on like Donkey Kong. <clears throat> my dad believes in the gift of laying on of hands, if you know what I'm talking about. My dad took me into the back, Santa Claus, if you will, bad Santa, hey. <clears throat> and let's just say he blessed me that day, okay? <laughs> I was changed from the inside out. <laughs> and my dad, you know, he would, he would discipline us. <laughs> and he was crazy. At the end of him disciplining us, the worst thing he would do is he would make us look back at him and say, I love you. <laughs> That's like the meanest thing ever. You know, you're crying like, <sighs> you ever cry so hard you convince yourself you have asthma? Like, but it's like, Rich, tell Santa you love him, you know? I'm like, and I remember I was, I was crying, I'm going, Dad, but I said thank you! And I never forget my dad, my dad said, Rich, you said thank you, but you didn't show gratitude. 
Why? Because how many of you know there's a big difference between saying something and showing it? Saying something is easy. But friends, make no mistake, talk is cheap. But what I love about our God is we don't serve a talker, we serve a doer. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. If you're thankful tonight for Jesus, somebody make some noise in this place. He doesn't just say, God so loved the world. He doesn't just end there. But rather, it goes into an action. God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave, man. The reality of it is, is that giving is an action. Giving is always a sacrifice. Literally, the moment that giving dries up, the relationship is over. Because a relationship cannot happen without generosity. I mean, there's no doubt, man, you can give without loving, but how many of you know you cannot love without giving? But God didn't just love you so much that he wrapped up a big old gift. No, he wrapped up the greatest gift ever. It was his one and only son. And some of us in your night, we still don't understand the level of this gift. And until I understand how much this love of the Father is, I'll never allow this Father to lead me. God so loved you that he, he gave his one and only son. See, the truth of the matter is, is that all of us, according to the scripture, have fallen short of God's glory. And I don't know who you are tonight. I don't know where you come from. I don't know how you walked in this room. I know we've got a lot of followers of Jesus, and there's others of you tonight. You came in with a heart full of doubt. You came in here with a critical spirit. You just kind of came in here wondering. Let me just tell you real quick, all of us would agree that if we kind of get our head above the haze every once in a while, if we can get our head above the clouds every once in a while, what we'll see and what we'll all agree with is that this world is a broken place. Nobody's in here going, oh man, this is, this is bright. This is perfect. This is, this is how it's supposed to be. No. We all have these moments where we go, wait a minute. Something's wrong with this place. This place is broken. This, is, this isn't right. What, what's wrong with humanity? Well, according to God's word, you and I, we were born with a sinful nature. And sin has only one reward. It's called death. For the wages of sin is death. The only thing that you and I deserve is, is death. Our only wage, our only payment was death. But God loved you so much, he expressed it by giving Jesus. And Jesus came, and he didn't just trade places with you. It's better than that. He didn't just die for you on a cross. It's better than that. He actually died as you on that cross. And he died because sin has a wage, and it's called death. And Jesus died died so that you could live he expressed it you know i've learned in my marriage and study and research will tell us this as well that 85 percent of communication is nonverbal, meaning it's body language meaning when my wife walks in i say how was your day she goes fine i know that fine don't really mean fine but rather when my wife does her hair like that i know i'm in trouble when she does her eyebrows a certain way, I know that she's saying, hey, I need to spend more time with you. Her body language communicates a whole other message sometimes than what she is just saying. 
I want you to understand something for a moment. The cross that you wear around your neck is so much more than a piece of jewelry, but rather it is a visual aid. It is God's body language from heaven to say that you are so loved. The cross is not a symbol. The cross is a statement from heaven's throne. It's a shout with no words to say, how much are you loved? You are so loved. If you didn't get it with my words, look at my body language. Wow. I love you. I gave my one and only son for you. And Jesus, he didn't come to just give you more religion. Religion is rules, regulations. Jesus came for a relationship with you. I love it. He didn't come to law you to death. He came to love you to death. His name is Jesus, and he's got a plan for you tonight. Somebody give him some praise in this place. Oh, you can do better than that. Somebody give God some praise in this place. We serve an expressive God. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going I'm to show it. You are so loved. I love God because he expressed it, but I want you to get the second part because this is so important. You experience it. This is big. This is big. I'm praying for this tonight, right now. It's got to go beyond my words. It's got to go into the supernatural here. It's got to go to revelation here. He expressed it. I use the word you on purpose. You experience it. So the truth of the matter is, is that God has expressed his love he continues to express his love there's nothing new about god except for one thing his mercies which are new every day yet if we're being honest like if we grew up in america which most of us probably did we all have heard this scripture for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son we've heard that many of us can quote that i mean thank you tim tebow we know the verse But what happens to a lot of us is sometimes you read, for God so loved the world, and it seems so big, and it seems so macro. God loves the world. Yeah, I know God loves the world. Yet how many of us, sometimes we remove ourselves from the world? I know God loves the world, but do you actually know that God loves you? I mean, this this, this is crazy. At 17 years of age, my life was utterly changed from the inside out. I answered the call of God, never looked back. Made a lot of mistakes from that moment, but I never looked back. Yet it probably wouldn't have been until maybe three or four years ago that I actually started to get the revelation that, wow, God, God, God loves me? He loves, he loves me. You see, the, the truth of the matter is, it's not that surprising to me that God loves you, but it's shocking to me that he loves me. Why? Because I know me. I know all about me. I know the good, the bad, and I know all of the ugly. And you're telling me that God still loves me? So that, that messes with you because that, that changes something. God's love is not just to be known. It's to be experienced. It's to be experienced. It's a big God, but he's, he's big enough to be small enough to be intimately acquainted with you. There's a big difference between knowing about something and experiencing it. And this whole conference, man, it's cool. You're hearing about God's love and you're knowing about God's love. But my prayer tonight is that you would experience it. I mean, this is fun. How many out there, come on, by a show of hands, how many of you ever, you've ever heard of New York City? Wow, look at that. Everybody. <laughs> All right, here's a fun question. How many of you 
by a show of hands, have never, ever been to New York City. Never, ever been there. Look at that. Even in New England, there's still people. Never been. Okay, hold on. Put your hands down. For those of us who've been to New York City, come on. How many of you know that doesn't matter how many times you go to the Wikipedia page. Doesn't matter how many times you go to Yelp and discover all the greatest restaurants in New York. You can know all there is to know about New York City. You can read about its census, you can read about its population, you can read about its history, you can read about the strategies for the future, you can know all the stuff about New York City, but those of us who've been to New York City will all agree that you just actually have to at some point go to New York City to experience it. I, I can get blue in the face and I can scream and I can be descriptive and I can tell stories and I can make you laugh and I can make you cry, but at the end of the day, I can't explain to you what it's like to walk down Soho in the fall. I can't explain to you what it's like to eat Italian food in the Italian district. I can't explain to you what it's like to be in Times Square. You just actually have to go there. And people, they go, oh, Rich, how do I experience God's love? It's the same way. How do you experience New York? You just got to be willing to go there. You can say, oh, I want to go to New York. All right. You want to go? I mean, I mean, what do I got to do? Well, maybe take a flight. Well, maybe take a train. Maybe, maybe take a bus. Maybe take a car. I don't want to do any of that. Can we walk? Nope. Can't walk. Can you crawl? Won't crawl. But I want to go. But you're not going to go. You actually have to be willing to go there. It's the same thing with God's love. You don't have to know all about it, but you just got to be willing to go there. I'm going to go there tonight in worship. I'm going to go there tonight in my prayer. I'm going to go there tonight in the preaching of God's word. I want to experience God's love. Is there anybody out there who wants to experience it tonight? He, he expressed it so that you could, you could experience it. And what I love so much about God's love is that the closer and closer you get to him, the more and more you learn about him. Everybody loves love because the funnest part about love is like, you know, learning about the other person. That's why like, you know, new love is the most exciting. I remember when I first met Don Tree, we were on the phone like, you know, till four and then we're like, hey. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, oh, you like blue? Oh my God. I love the color blue, you know? I'm like, you've eaten pizza? Oh my God, I love pizza. It's like the dumbest stuff ever, you know? You're married for 10 years, it's like, girl, make your own pizza, you know? <laughs> Why? Because the learning leads to loving. The pursuing produces the passion. And a lot of us, what happens is, is that we get on fire for Jesus at a conference like this because we're learning and it's leading to loving and we're pursuing, and it's producing passion. But then somehow, it's like we kind of get into an old marriage with God. And all of a sudden we go, oh, I know everything there is to know about this God. Friend, I want you to know something. You could not be further from the truth. What I've discovered is the closer I get to Jesus, the more I discover just how far away I always was from Jesus. His love is oceanic. Man, it's bigger than you could ever imagine. His grace is deeper. His grace is wider. I got to get full of his love so I'll be led by his love. Somebody tonight needs to experience all there is in God. Make some noise tonight if you believe it. You 
experience it. Not your neighbor, not your mom, not your dad. You. It's personal. It's real. Yes, he loves the world, but you and I, we are the world. Heard this beautiful little story about this little boy. He's about nine years old, and he had an older sister who was about 11 years of age. And the older sister, she had contracted a rare blood disease. And the only way that she could get a cure for this blood disease is if she had a blood transfusion. But the blood transfusion had to come from somebody who had already overcome the disease. The only match they could find was her little brother who had gone through it before. So the doctor came to the little boy, nine years of age, and said, Son, would you be willing to give your sister a blood transfusion so that her life could be spared? Unless she gets this blood transfusion, she'll probably die. The little boy thought about it for a while. He considered it. He looked back at the doctor and said, Yes, I will give my sister the blood transfusion. They put both the children into wheelchairs and they begin to wheel them into the operating room. They were silent. Not much words were said. But all of a sudden, they hooked both of them up, and the blood transfusion began. And as soon as it began, the little boy, nine years of age, looked up at the doctor, and he said, Doctor, when am I going to die now? And all of a sudden, the doctor realized, oh, wow. The little boy the entire time thought that a blood transfusion meant that he had to give his life in order for his sister to find life. I just, I just wonder how that little girl must have felt in that moment as she experienced this love from her brother. Her brother was willing to give his life that she might find life. If she didn't get his blood, she was going to die. Friend, can I tell you tonight that you and I are in the exact same situation? If we didn't get the king's blood, his name is Jesus, you and I were never going to find a cure, but rather we were going to die. But thank God for Jesus. He wasn't just willing to give his blood. He actually went to the cross. He died, declared it is finished so that you and I could be resurrected. We are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Somebody make some noise tonight. I want to experience it. I'm lost without his blood. I sense it tonight. It's real. I feel it. I witness it. I've experienced his love. You see, he expressed it. You personally, you, you experience it. I love this. As the worship team makes their way up here, this is, I love this so much. He expressed it. You experience it. Look at this. We evangelize it. He expressed it. You experience it. Now we evangelize it. Maybe now we've got some people in here going, yo, like evangelize, dog. That's like, uh, that's one of those weird church words, you know? Like, that's creepy, you know? Maybe tonight you brought a friend, you're like, dang it, you know, it's getting weird. You ever notice that whenever you bring like your friend to church you've been praying for forever, church always gets weird? <laughs> it's always a guest pastor. <laughs> it's always the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> today we're going to study demonology. You're like, dang it, not today, man. You always look at your friend, you're like, it's never like this. It's never like this. Evangelize, hear me, this is beautiful. This is what it means. 
It means to preach the gospel. Rich, I don't, okay, two other weird words. Not, not that weird. Preach simply means to proclaim. Gospel simply means good news. Meaning, our job is to proclaim good news. This is so good. We're going to get there in a second. Our job is to proclaim good news. And what I love about this idea is that you and I, we both know right now that today we are living in a world in 2015 that is full of bad news. All you got to do tonight when you leave is go home, turn on the TV, and you're going to find a bunch of bad news. Bad news in the Middle East, bad news in our political system, bad news in our economy. Some of you going to your job, it's full of bad news. Some of you going into a home tonight, full of bad news. Some of you going back to a relationship, full of bad news. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Our world is full of it. Yet friends, <laughs> we may live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not full of bad news. Rather, we've got good news. Jesus saves. Jesus sets free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hey, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. For more content and resources, head over to awakeningconference.com and share this podcast with someone you know that might enjoy it. We've got a lot more coming. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll see you next week.